is Jared Pressler, and you're listening to Press the Topic. Hello, everybody. Welcome to this week's podcast. This week, I want to talk about something really important. Mindsets. Two, in particular, that are very important. Abundance and scarcity. Everybody's either one or the other. Your mindset's literally everything in life. It determines your success and lack of it. It affects your relationships, your job, the economy, your health, your physical health, and mental health. It also affects your bank account. The reason that I want to talk about this, it's, it's come up a lot in the past. Um, in conversations that I've had um, with people on social media um, or just amongst friends, um, clients, and it's a really interesting dy- dynamic because number one, a lot of people don't even realize that they live in one or the other. In fact, most people don't even know what it is, what either of them are, and that these mindsets are apparent or present in everybody, one or the other, like I said. So abundance and scarcity mindset, which one are you? This podcast will help you determine which one you are. A scarcity mindset refers to people seeing life as having a finite amount of money. So that if one person takes a big piece, that leaves less for everyone else. I'm sure that all of you know somebody like this, if you're not one yourself. Everything happens to you, right? The average person has 12,000 to 60,000 thoughts per day. And on average, 80% of those are negative. 80 fucking percent. 12,000 to 60,000, depending on the person. It's crazy to think about, right? That 80% of some people's lives are spent in a negative state. A lot of people don't understand how important thoughts are. Our thoughts literally mold our life, so much that feelings cannot be felt without thoughts first. Understanding this is key. The reason this is key is because mood and emotional disorders like anxiety and depression can be eliminated through changing your thoughts. Or as some call it, cognitive behavioral therapy, which in short is indeed changing your thoughts, patterns, and habits. I know this one very well firsthand, because not only have I focused on this for many years of my life, but I struggled several years ago. I'll go into that a little more detail later. Start paying attention to your thoughts and feelings. Pay attention to what you were thinking about prior to negative feelings. Next time you have negative feelings, just try it. Write them down. Take note of them. On the flip side, start paying attention to positive feelings and what you're thinking about prior to those feelings arising and write those down. Even if it's just the notes, notes in your phone. We all have smartphones, right? My notepad is crazy fucking full of notes, crazy full. And it's nice because you can just do a search and find whatever topics or keywords in your notes. The biggest part to all of this is we literally get what we think about most of the time. So if you're thinking negative most of the time, you'll feel negative most of the time. That's not rocket science, right? In fact, the majority of the time, conditions such as depression and anxiety are self-inflicted. Don't buy into the helpless victim narrative of chemical imbalances. The reason you don't is because your biochemistry can be changed in a split second by your thinking alone. I'm not suggesting that chemical imbalances don't exist, but in most cases are caused by too much negative thinking. This has become the habit in these situations. I can tell you that I fucking hate the term mental illness because it's in my belief and many other working professionals' opinions that depression and anxiety, for example, are not mental illnesses at all, 
but emotional disorders. Brain chemistry has been being blamed for these disorders and mental illnesses for many years. Why? Is it because they don't fucking know? Is it to create victims? Is it to cause people to believe they're a victim of their circumstance and therefore cannot be cured of their challenge? Thus being dependent on medications and therapy forever? Being someone who struggled a ton with these for several years earlier in my life, I can tell you the brain chemistry theory is bullshit. I do think that in some more rare cases it can be brain chemistry, but studies support what I'm talking about with chemical imbalances not being the cause of most mental illnesses and emotional disorders. If you want a very interesting read, look up Professor Valenstein and Dr. Dennis Charney. They've done a lot of research on biochemistry and mental illness. And I can tell you the evidence is compelling. Here is a Valenstein statement. Don't blame brain chemistry on mental illness. End of quote. Do you know what happens when you do? You're now helpless, a victim, and are just plain stuck in living with your illness. Luckily for me, I'm a researcher and an explorer of answers. I won't stop until I've found solutions to my problems that I'm satisfied with. I'll keep going. I'll keep researching. I'll keep reading. Years if I have to. I've done this before with health challenges and other situations that have come up in my life. This is literally how I fix my anxiety and depression. And a lot of time they go hand in hand because of what? That's right. Negative thinking. If you're depressed or you have problems with anxiety, you are indeed a negative thinker. You may not like hearing it as it now means that it's your fault. You want to blame elsewhere. I get it, but it's the truth. It's you. Nobody else. You. We are all where we are in life because of us, our choices and actions and lack of. I had a mentor tell me years ago to think about what I want, not what I don't want. Think about that. Why focus on what you don't want? What good will come out of doing that? That's right, none. You'll experience negativity 100% of the time when you dwell on what you don't want in life. It's disempowering and draining to do this to yourself. This goes for worrying as well. There's no point in worrying. It serves no productive purpose at all unless you prefer misery. For example, I recently had something come up with my kid. I started going down the worry train. And I was talking to a friend of mine and kind of explaining some of the stuff I've been dealing with that week. And he immediately stopped me. And he's like, what are you doing? Don't even put that energy out there, right? And... I would have eventually caught it, but he caught it immediately because I was so focused on being worried about my kid. And he just reminded me, right? Like, what's the point? Don't even go down that road. Anxiety comes from worrying about the future. Depression comes from dwelling on the past. Again, we are talking about thought patterns and habits. I'm going to go into solutions for these challenges and what I did to fix mine over 20 years ago in just a bit, so stay tuned. I can tell you I've not had issues with depression or anxiety since then. And let me say, I was as bad as these conditions get for people. It was the whole fucking nine yards. I wanted to talk about these topics because it applies deeply to the subject of abundance and scarcity mindsets and why somebody's either one or the other. Let me give one example of how powerful this is. There was a study done at Yale University that showed that those with more positive beliefs around aging lived seven and a half years longer than those with less positive self-perceptions of aging. I'm sorry, but that's fucking crazy. Seven and a half years longer, just from thoughts. I know it's cliche, but positive thinking is so fucking powerful. And so is negative thinking. It's very powerful too. Just the wrong kind of power. 
Your belief system surrounding yourself literally shape your decisions, actions, and entire life. If you don't believe you can make a six-figure income, then you won't ever achieve it. It starts with belief. Both abundance and scarcity are interstates of mind that manifest as your reality. When one is an abundant thinker, we see material things as tangible items that don't really hold any power unless we allow them to. This is really important because a lot of people get it twisted with wealthy people. Not all wealthy people cling to the material things so much that they, they worship them or that's what the whole lifestyle is about. That's just not true. I've known several people that are multi-multi-millionaires and some personal friends. Abundant thinkers believe that there's more than enough to go around to everyone if everyone chose to partake or better yet believe they could. Acknowledging the good and being grateful for what you already have in life is key for all abundance. It's literally the foundation of this mindset. This is practiced daily. I'll repeat that multiple times during this. A mindset of abundance means there's unlimited material resources and wealth. And deep down, we believe we deserve amazing things in life. There's enough resources to share with others, which snowballs and furthers abundance. Like anything, this is a habit. Scarcity mindset is a habit. Abundance mindset is a habit. One's positive habit, one's a negative habit. I have a morning routine. It's the same every morning. Part of that routine is to spend a few minutes thinking about all the things I'm grateful for in my life. Everyone has things to be grateful for. Everyone. This is always the case. Even when things are tough and hard times have fallen upon you. My dad used to tell me when I was a kid, no matter how bad things get, there's always someone else that has it worse than you. Even way worse than you. It's true. Think about it. I love this fact because it's made me say, in the middle of adversity, really hard times in my life, because I have had those like most people. Hey, this isn't so fucking bad. Someone out there is dealing with far fucking worse. I got this. There's enough wealth, opportunity, and resources for all of us to have abundance. This is truth. If you don't think so, you've bought into a lie. How do you think so many people come from nothing and create wealth in their lives? Everything is energy in this world. Even a rock gives off a frequency. Our thoughts, our actions, and our words all carry a frequency. Therefore, the law of attraction is indeed a law that is truth. It works. I've seen it manifest over and over in my life, and others whom I know that realize and practice this powerful type of thinking have too. When you function in this line of thinking, your life is the complete opposite. You see doors of opportunity open that were never there before. You start attracting others into your life who live at a higher vibration of energy than those who were in your life previously, thus also creating new opportunities for you. Even if that means being exposed to others who are more successful or who have achieved things that you have the desire to achieve yourself, you literally believe there's enough of everything to share with others, which in turn leads to believing that all can win in life. And this is accomplished by inner confidence, belief, and security. This is why insecurity is so disempowering. If you see others winning in life and it bothers you, or you feel negatively towards them, which includes jealousy and anger, then you are literally projecting your own shortcomings onto them. And this is not a healthy line of thinking. This stems from a scarcity mindset. Be happy when other people win. An altruistic approach in life is a much healthier way to live. Even studies prove that. Don't view life as if you're competing for resources and wealth with other people who are winning. 
When you're happy for them, you know there's plenty to go around. You'll appreciate what they are doing and makes you want to give something of value that will help others. This is abundance. And it's so fucking empowering to think this way. It's disempowering to be spiteful or jealous of people winning and creates more scarcity in your life. Some people also believe they themselves don't deserve abundance or nice things, which in turn is again projected onto others who are succeeding. They find themselves leaving jealousy-fueled comments on successful people's Instagram posts, for example. I see this often. I follow enough influential people on social media that are winning daily that I see this. I read through the comments sometimes. Just to look. I'm curious to see what people are saying on these posts. I literally just saw this on a friend's Instagram this week. It said something along the lines of, how do you feel good about yourself when you're taking time off and driving a Lamborghini while your employees are at work making $20 an hour? Like, what in the actual fuck, dude? This is 100% a scarcity mindset. 100%. This friend I'm talking about has worked their ass off to get where they are, and they deserve every fucking penny they're making. Does this hater not realize he could do the same and be driving the same car? No, he doesn't, which is why he isn't wealthy and doesn't own his own companies. I say this because this successful friend owns his own companies. Not saying you have to own your own companies to be successful. The way this friend lives his life is a very structured, disciplined, and style life that most would deem as too hard to even attempt. That is why there are haves and have-nots in this world. Now let's talk about something real crazy. 95% of the population live from scarcity. 95%. That's fucking crazy. It's crazy to think about. Why do only 5% live in a place of abundance? I can tell you that it starts with your thoughts and beliefs. This is the root of it all. The victim mindset has a lot to do with scarcity mindset. They aren't synonymous, but most cases are connected. A victim mindset is when a person believes that life happens to them rather than for them. They believe that the bad things that happen to them are of others' fault. Therefore, they take little to no responsibility in their life. This is a learned behavior, which can come from parents, environmental factors like social media, and others pushing this victim mentality. That would be a whole other topic, victim mentality. In fact, I'd like to do a podcast about it and talk about how, why it's pushed by uh, the same people that are pushing a globalist agenda. But I digress. It's also a very disempowering state of being. While being accountable for everything that happens to you in your life, good or bad, is very empowering. The solution to this is, again, a shift from negative thinking to positive thinking. So, how do we fix all these disempowering mindsets that are rooted in negative thinking? Well, there are several ways, but all of them go down the same path of creating new neural pathways in the brain. There are plenty of resources that you can complete at home that are geared around cognitive behavioral therapy or self-help books. The main problem for someone that's stuck in a negative thought cycle of life has a hard time seeing that's what they're doing, accepting it, and looking for help. Most people don't seek out self-growth, unfortunately. But I truly believe that it's the most important thing we can do while on this ball of rock called Earth. When you shift from a negative state of mind to a positive one, all things become possible. Ask yourself, Who do I need to become to have the things I want in life? What person do I have to become? Who are people that have those things? Don't ever compare yourself to others, because then you think the proper person to be isn't you, but someone else. When in reality, you just need to grow. You need to expand as a person. 
Instead, compare your current self to your old self, which will constantly be changing as you head down the road of self-growth and expansion. Some other tips. Start giving to others, even if that means help, your time, your expertise, or other value you possess. This can be a multitude of things. Get creative and make some lists of what value you have to offer. We all have this in some way, shape, or form. Get your shit together in your life. Where do you waste time? Where and when do you spend time self-sedating? Video games, TV, parties, drugs, alcohol, bars, clubs, and other forms of entertainment and self-sedation. These things literally keep you down. Now, I'm not saying you must give up all entertainment, but most people spend way too much time self-sedating with time-wasting activities. Successful people literally don't do this. They don't spend much time in these sedative habits that keep us stuck. They might a little bit here and there for social reasons or little breaks, but compared to the percentage of others or the general population spending time in these self-sedative habits is vastly different. You need to also know your self-worth. You need to know that you're capable of doing anything in life and truly adopt a mindset so you believe this. You have to believe it, even if you fake it till you make it. Fake that you believe it until you believe it. Once you see you can jump over the pond, then you can hurdle over lakes. Successful people don't possess something you don't. They've just mastered the art of routine, discipline, a positive mindset, and self-value. Like valuing your time, for example. In a day and time of the internet and cell phones, we have so many distractions and so many people trying to suck us dry of our time. And then even accusing you think of things like ghosting, gaslighting, and other toxic forms of behavior, which in a lot of time isn't true, or at least in successful and wealthy people's lives that have set boundaries for this. Visualization is very important. Start each morning with five to 10 minutes of focusing on all the things you're grateful for in your life. Do it every single morning, every morning. This is part of my morning routine. It's like brushing your teeth. It's something you do every morning. I even have in my bathroom, <laughs> the mirror of my bathroom, I bought markers that I could write on the mirror and wipe them off when I'm ready to change it. There's all sorts of messages on my mirror. I see them every day. Try it. It's a reminder. You can look at it. You can read them every morning when you're in the bathroom. Then spend another five minutes focusing and visualizing the person you want to be and the things and goals you want to achieve in life. Want a better house? Picture yourself buying it. Picture yourself buying it and living in that house. Picture the details. Find some online. Dream build. I call it dream building. I heard that when I was a kid. But essentially what I do is I'll go on to different real estate sites and I'll look at homes that I would love to live in. Dream homes. That can be part of your visualization. And then you have a home to visualize. You know, yourself buying that and living in it. Again, do both of those every morning. If you don't already, start reading self-help books. This is something I've done for over 20 years. I'm constantly focusing on proving myself as a person, a business owner, a father, a man, a lover, and any other areas I see weaknesses in or areas I want to improve. It's key to be able to recognize your weaknesses so you focus on these and make them strong. It's equally important to know your strengths so you can utilize them properly. 
For example, sometimes in a business, a weakness is remedied by hiring someone who is strong in that area, whatever that may be. But in general, what we're talking about is all around self-improvement and not necessarily business. Although all of this, of course, can be applied to business. It can be applied to everything in your life. There are also many great articles, books, self-help programs that are done at home, as I said before, and apps. Google, start looking to see what connects with you, what resonates with you. This is really important because a lot of the programs, courses online, people will buy and a lot of them won't even start it or they won't make it through the whole thing or halfway through. So again, we're talking about weaknesses and people of seeing shit through, completing shit, like doing it, committing and doing it. Now, as far as my depression, anxiety goes, I spent several years of my younger life suicidal and anxiety ridden. So bad that I was having panic attacks daily. I can say I've never had a panic attack again, nor have I ever felt suicidal or depression again. Of course, we all experience sadness. There's sad things that happen in life. But when it becomes chronic, it becomes an issue. Now, this was years, years of my life. And again, this is probably a separate topic that I, I should make a separate podcast about to go into all of the detail of suicidal states of mind, um, depression, and, and anxiety. It takes work, and people don't want to fucking work. Anything worth having in life doesn't come easy. Think about it. Anything in life worth having doesn't come easy. You're going to have to fucking work. There's no magic pill for shit, for nothing. There's no magic pill for anything. I personally found a program called the Midwest Center for Stress and Anxiety. I ordered their program, which still exists today. They also have an app now for those that like that, that method. After going through the program at home, I literally never had a panic attack again. I learned that I was causing all my misery, and I stopped. Through learning, breaking bad habits, and practice, I rid myself of this behavior for good. I 100% know what it's like to be in those spaces dark and hopelessness. You don't have to settle for that, nor do you need a drug to change it. We're amazing creatures and have the capability to change our thoughts and patterns. Again, don't subscribe to the chemical imbalance theory, the blame game. This is on you and it's on you to fix it. If any of you have questions, please feel free to reach out to me. I would love to give you more information if you still have questions about things I did and resources that I used. I hope this helps someone, and I wish you the best. Thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in. Now go fucking win.